The Hogs are going to Omaha. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. You can actually feel Razorback Stadium shaking underneath our feet right now. You just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Arkansas wins the national championship. What I say when it comes to this basketball team is the law. Absolutely and without discussion. I have been trying to get you together with Ty. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascist. Throw some ground ball. More democratic. This is the Halftime Podcast, presented by Jeff's Clubhouse. As the Hogs make their 31st appearance in an NCAA baseball regional and hosted here at Baumwalker Stadium for the third consecutive year. Ty, I almost feel like the eight months and change that we've been doing this radio show has kind of led to this day, you know, and uh, I felt like, uh, you know, I was hired by Tommy with a connection to the athletic department, and certainly my connection to baseball is louder than the other connections I have. Arkansas baseball is the most successful of the major team sports at the University of Arkansas, and we've been sort of building up to it. You know, even in our conversations during the football season about Chad Morris's team and during basketball season with a coaching change and, a, and an NIT visit, and even with the success of uh, the women's basketball season, which I'm close to, of course, I just kind of feel like everything is led right up to today uh, where a team that, you know, didn't have the expectations heaped on them that last year's team did from from before the first game started until the last game, they now have those expectations on top of them as the number five seed in the NCAA tournament. Phil, I'm just happy that the FaceTime camera that I'm looking at right now is your chest and up and not anywhere below because I just feel like I wouldn't like to see where you are at that point. But yeah, this is this is your dream, man. This is This is where you thrive. This is where you just love being, and that's Arkansas postseason baseball. And what you've got to experience your first series, them going in the College World Series, and then last year getting to a College World Series final, you've been a bit of luck. It's kind of funny. I'm going to talk to Bubba about this. The first, uh, the first year that Bubba's put on the Comcast, uh, excuse me, the broadcast with you as your partner, they go to the College World Series final. So you've had a run of you and Bubba both have had a run of good luck, and hopefully it continues. I don't think many people anticipate this team striking out in the regional. I think they more so have would be okay if they lost to Ole Miss. Not 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 okay, but just like so a little less saddened because of the, the caliber t- caliber of team they would face. But this is this is gonna be a fun weekend for you and I mean as you can see from the Arkansas baseball Twitter account, there are people have been lined up for a while now. And that's oh, just yeah. that's unbelievable. We always talk about people camping out for football games, certain big football games. Those Arkansas baseball fans that have camped out, and I see you're looking your, through your binoculars. How far do they go back, Phil? Ty, it goes back. So I'm, I'm sitting in the radio booth at Baumwalker Stadium right now, so I can and I can see out to left field. And I think there were fans out there, you know, overnight uh, waiting to get into the hog wow. pennant. It looks like it's the, the line isn't all the way to the the worst intersection in the state of Arkansas, as you've heard me talk about yeah. uh, over there past the batter's eye in center field. But it's two-thirds of the way there, and we're three hours before first pitch. I, I don't know to the time that the gates open, but I would assume within the next couple of hours, uh, the gates open and it'll be a mad dash uh, to find the best location inside the hog pen. I think they're anticip- they told me that there were more tickets sold for this year's regional than last year's regional. When you talk about the wow. all-session passes at $75 to get you into all of the games. Um, 
So, and, and you know, and, and I think maybe earlier in the week, I'm, I was a little naive thinking that you'd get five figures here for the first game of the regional, but I think you're going to get about eight to 9,000 people. And then tomorrow, as long as you beat Central Connecticut today, you're going to have a ridiculously large and fired up, sick crowd tomorrow. I'm talking maybe record-breaking, close to 13,000. But that's going to take a win today. You know, I don't think they'd get that sort of crowd if they, sh- if they don't show up this afternoon and, and find a way to get upset by Central Connecticut, which I don't see happening. But, you know, the, the one reason that I'm nervous coming into the ballpark today is just because, I mean, baseball is just the craziest game sometimes, and you, it's the most difficult sport to predict. So I feel confident in the thought that Arkansas shouldn't just beat Central Connecticut, but should beat them pretty handily. I, I do think the more I research this, this regional tie, I, I don't think this is the softest regional. I don't think it's that it is even a soft regional. So you're to back, use that you're backtracking because I think you started out the conversation with this is more of the softer regional earlier this week, right? Yeah, earlier and 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 really, I think the reason that some of us thought that and and that even some of the you know experts thought that is because TCU is one of the was the last team in for an at large bid, and also looking at Cal, a team that n- hasn't won a series against an NCAA tournament team. But, you know, I mean, th- here, here's the thing about what you got here. Both of these teams have aspects about them that can beat you. You know, I, I don't see anything about Central Connecticut that can beat Arkansas. It's not a dynamic offense, not a power-hitting team. Uh, the pitcher Arkansas is going to face today, junior right-hander Brandon Fox, uh, had a 3.84 ERA with... 111 base hits given up in 84 in the third innings in the Northeast League. And from what the scouting report that we read about him uh, this morning, I mean, he's throwing mid-80s with his fastball. So it's going to be really difficult for him to make it through that Arkansas lineup a couple of times. I know they got a couple of relievers that they might need to use, but I don't see a problem with, with Arkansas facing Central Connecticut. And with that said, Cal... They've got a lineup that can stand the test against Arkansas. They can score some runs in bunches. And and Texas Christian, you know that Jim Schlossnagel is wily. And you know, this is a team that even though they might have been the last team coming in, so to speak, they have nothing to lose. You know, they don't have the, the expectations heaped on them. And and it seems that TCU is is leaning towards not starting their ace today, which I think is a huge risk, but when you don't have anything to lose, so to speak, you know, why not take that risk and figure that if your best chance to make it through the regional is to find a way to win the Friday game with a, a good pitcher on the mound, but not the guy that is your ace, and then go to your ace, which is Nick Lodolo uh, for Saturday. And Lodolo is is probably going to be one of the top ten picks in the draft this uh, this next week. So wow. you know, with with that said, and with TCU getting potentially healthy at the right time, uh, they they could scare you a little bit. They really could. Here's the first question I have for you, and we were touching on a little while back with how many people were standing outside of Baumwalker Stadium in anticipation for this regional. There was a comment from Alabama AD Greg Byrne earlier this week talking about how he felt like that. They didn't want to take this winning that Alabama in football was continuing to sustain for granted. That being said, Arkansas baseball hasn't had the same level of success as Alabama football, i.e. the national championships. But it seems like fans this year, with the exception of some, are a little nostalgic about this regional field. And I know a 1 o'clock game on a Friday, that's hard for a lot of people to get out of work. But, Phil, I've talked to a lot of different people 
And they've told me from out of town, mind you, they're going to wait, quite, quotation marks, around wait till the super regional. Hmm. There's no guarantee that they get out of this region. Now, Arkansas is favored in that. But that being said, my, I guess my first question, Phil, is Arcan, are Arkansas baseball and just Arkansas fans in general starting to take for granted the success the baseball team has had this year? Because, Phil, as I mentioned, there's no guarantee they get out of this weekend. Let's see. I mean, that are fans taking this success for granted? Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. And you even saw that coming into the season where there were so many question marks about this team, guys that we didn't really know anything about, positions that didn't have anybody that had that, that you knew coming in was the starter and was a solid player. Yeah. But but yet still coming into the season, there were still you know some pretty heavy expectations on the team because they're Arkansas, because of you know knowing of the returners Casey Martin, Heston Kerstad, Dominic Fletcher, Isaiah Campbell, and Matt Cronin, and, and the like because of your coaching staff, because of Dave Van Horn, um, and I think I think the brand name Arkansas baseball and the coaching the coaching staff and the head coach of the top Dave Van Horn. It's not that it's taken for granted; it's that. There are expectations that are piled onto the team based upon the name Arkansas and based upon the name Dave Van Horn now, where he's turned this program into maybe not in every three years you're, you're, you're a contender for Omaha. Maybe every year you're a contender for Omaha. And where, where you're talking about Alabama and Arkansas having some similarities now with the Crimson Tide football and with, with Arkansas And that's baseball. a hard comparison. With it's a hard compare, but the comparison you're trying to get is not about national championships. It's the idea of being able to reload instead of rebuild. And just fan apathy, which I don't think for Arkansas, like as close as you came last year, you don't want to ever be in the position where you take winning for granted and I just don't want to see particularly this baseball fan base fall into that trap. No, I mean if you're if you're saying, ah, we can't we're not gonna make it up to the to the regional because of this or that and you know, we'll just save it we'll save our money for the super regional. That might be taking it a little bit for granted, but hey, that's your that's your right as a fan when you're spending money and you figure well you know, we might save money for this weekend to spend it for the next weekend. And then, you know, if, if you're trying to save your money, good luck saving money if the team makes it to Omaha because that's probably the most expensive championship trip in all of sports just because of how long it takes to sit around there for those two weeks uh, and the money that it takes to buy the tickets for all those games. Um, I, don't, I don't think that the fan base is taking this team for granted, I, don't, I think that most people are understanding that uh, that Arkansas baseball right now is in a golden age. I just think you don't ever want that golden age to end. You just revel in it right now, which yeah. is which is where I am with it. You know, uh, so and and maybe what they take for granted a little bit is how good this team plays at home. I mean, lose three home games all of last year, twenty eight and six at home this season. This is why you this is why you play as well in the regular season. Because you don't have to. It's so di- there's so many differences between college and professional sports. One of the big differences between baseball in in the majors and college is that in in college baseball, a team that that is you know a national seed or has a certain record doesn't have to play on the road. They don't have to go to another ballpark. Arkansas is in this position. This is such a humongous advantage to be playing in this town 
in this ballpark in front of these fans. As that Missouri pays State a dividend in 2015. Yeah, that that was a huge dividend too. You know, and then, that's that's one reason why you want your own ballpark yeah. instead of sharing it with a with a minor league team that gets that gets preference. But I mean, look, I I look, I look at some numbers here that the, how Arkansas does at home compared to on uh, just overall this year. So Arkansas at home this season has just been crushing the ball with 8.8 runs scored per game. Arkansas this year is averaging uh, in scoring. Look at the right piece of paper here. They have, uh, they're averaging 7.5 runs per game. So they're scoring about 1.7 runs more at home than they do on the road or a neutral site. That's a lot. That's a major difference. Arkansas also hits 328 at Bomb Stadium with a 432 team on base Good percentage. Gosh. Their overall batting average is 299. They hit 29 points higher at Baum Stadium. That's a major difference. This is a dividend that will pay off throughout this weekend. I don't know about next weekend, depending on who you play, because Ole Miss has already shown they can come come in here and win two games. I don't know if the Rebels get out of their regional or not, but I think this weekend there is a decided advantage. It will pay dividends playing at home. And here's another conversation we got to hop back into with Connor Nolan on the bump today. Now, this game I don't think is as significant if they make it out of this regional and play Ole Miss next week. But let's say he dazzles today. And again, it's Central Connecticut State. This is the worst team out of the teams in the regional. But let's say he has a really good outing today and then Ole Miss next week. DVH decides to go with him game two, and he has another stellar performance. Phil, you mentioned it early on during football season, how you thought Connor Nolan was probably going to end his career at Arkansas playing baseball. I think, and I want to get your opinion on this, if he has a really good postseason as an Arkansas pitcher for Arkansas baseball, I think that's just going to nudge him slowly but surely towards the baseball. And that that route to taking baseball as this one sport, I think it's just going to get that much easier if he has a stellar postseason. Well, it'll help lay the road out for him in front, you know. And I think whatever whatever takes place um, this coming uh, summer and fall for Arkansas football will we'll kind of. I think that'll send Connor one way or the other, you know, depending on what the competition looks like in that quarterback room, which obviously is a much better competition than yep. last year. Uh, whether there's an opportunity for him to play or not. I mean, he was a, you know, kind of like a clear cut third string last year. I don't think that's the case coming in to his sophomore season. But as far as pitching's concerned, I mean, he's, he's a dude on this team right now, you know, and I, I, w- I would anticipate that if he pitches as well as he's been pitching of late, and, and let me let me give you a couple of numbers here on Connor Nolan. At nine home games, he has a 184 ERA and holds batters to a 218 batting average. This isn't just against like you know Northwestern State or Stony Brook or Eastern Illinois or whomever. This is against LSU. This is against Mississippi State, Tennessee. Uh, he's been just as good, if not better, against those teams than he was early in the season. Um, but here's one thing that, that, that may, maybe worries you a little bit. And again, it's, it's no, through no fault of Nolan's own other than perhaps, you know, he doesn't go very deep into games. You know, usually they'll let him get one, two times through the batting order and then call it a day. Uh, so, you know, at the most, five, six innings 
for Connor Nolan, and usually a guy that sticks around a little bit longer than that will get a decision. But the Razorbacks, who lost 17 games this year, Ty, are 6-9 and nine in Connor Nolan's start. So more than half of their losses have come with Nolan as the starting pitcher. Again, through no fault of his own. I mean, he didn't pitch well against Alabama. He took the loss there. That was on him. He pitched terribly against Vanderbilt in the one game he faced them. Didn't get a batter out. That loss was on him. The other seven losses... I don't think you're on him because he was really, really good. Uh, last three starts, 123 ERA. Last seven starts, 156 earned run average. Um, and so he is the kind of guy that I think, you know, moving forward, you'd be confident giving him the ball on a Friday against a team in a series. But, you know, this is different. Regionals and, and, and series are two totally different things because you, you're facing a, I mean, pretty much the same hitters for three games in a row in a series, and certainly a Super Regional classifies as that. In a regional, you're facing, two, you're facing different teams each day, yeah. each with strengths and weaknesses that match up a little differently. And it's about matchups for pitchers when, when a manager is deciding who they want him to face. And the matchup right now is that the Saturday team is a better team than the Friday team that you're facing. So you want your best pitcher out there on Saturday because as good as Nolan has been, there's a pretty decided advantage in the ability to stretch your start out, be dominant, and shove between Campbell and Connor Nolan. And I think this wrinkle also needs to be added in. Folks, 13 months ago, a little over that, he helped Greenwood win his state title shutout was incredible on the mound for that state finals appearance that was just a little over 13 months ago now he's back in bomb walker stadium pitching for arkansas postseason as a freshman that's just wild to me that he's it's a little over a year and he's already back and and phil one of the things and i feel like this is the pot calling the kettle black but i i feel like he's on social media a ton always liking tweets retweet and i, I get it like that's my generation type of thing but once you get in, like, postseason play, you know how LeBron does his, like, zero dark 30 where he, quote-unquote, doesn't get on postseason? There's going to be things said about it that aren't positive. If he has a bad outing or has a bad stretch or something. And I've just noticed that of all the Arkansas baseball players, he's the one that pops up when it comes to looking at social media. And, it's again, it's weird. A 24-year-old kid telling an 18-year-old kid you need to get off, or 19-hour role he is, to get off social media, I just think he needs to be a little worrisome, a little worrisome about doing that too much, especially in the midst of Arkansas postseason baseball. I mean, I think for me, it's all a matter of what you respond to, how you respond to it, if you should respond. If you're just looking at social media, liking things here and there, I don't think that's a big issue. And sometimes, you know, pitchers or players or whatever will take what they read in a negative sense off social media and be able to use that for. For, uh, to feed them in some way. And then again, if he goes out there and throws six scoreless innings, why wouldn't you want to be on social media reading what people are tweeting about you? See, that's the but that's the good thing. But I'm talking about if you were having a bad stretch or something like that, because it seems like almost everything that I tweet out uh, about the or station tweet or anything in general, I always see Connor. If it's, if it's Connor Nolan, if it's in there, he'll like it or he'll see it. And I yeah. know that's hard to avoid sometimes. I'm just saying... He's not going to have a pot. He's not going to be 100% the rest of the way. There's going to be some faults. There's going to be some some dark times. Is a, I mean, dude's a freshman, man. Like, he can't, he can't be stellar. He can't be perfect throughout postseason. Well, hopefully he can at least just be good today yeah. and let the batters do their things. Just get out there and score some runs early. I want to see Nolan out there for six to seven innings, maybe longer. I want to save some pitchers for tomorrow. One more thing before we go to break. It, 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 you've kind of echoed this sentiment the whole way. You seem pretty confident 
about this game. And it's hard not to be when you're playing the lesser of the the three opponents that you're going to be facing. But you, you don't really seem down or, or or what's the word? You, you don't seem like that Arkansas has a chance. And I know that's hard to say. But you, you just seem like they're going to win today. You seem like you're pretty pretty positive about that. I mean, I almost want to guarantee it. You know, I think if Arkansas and Central Connecticut were to, and this is, you know, this is the story everybody goes, if they were to play 100 times, I think Arkansas wins 98 of those games. Uh, hopefully the, this one today is not, you know, one of those two that they, were lo- that they would lose. Yeah. They, are, they are that much more talented, that much more of a complete team than Central Connecticut. And I would say the same thing about any one versus four seed in the NCAA baseball tournament. It's a major difference. I feel a lot differently about the two or the three seeds. I think either TCU or Cal can give you a really tough game. So I don't think this is going to be an easy, easy regional. I just think today is going to be one that Arkansas probably gets on top early and has a chance to cruise. I want to thank my buddy Jeff Taylor at Jeff's Clubhouse for sponsoring the Halftime Pod. Jeff's has the best soup, sandwiches, and salads in the area. The Peppercorn Ranch is to die for. Reuben, off the charts. If you haven't been to Jeff's Clubhouse in Fort Smith, you got to go check it out. Back to the Halftime Pod. Let's go. You guys were up there with a breakfast of bacon, eggs, sausage, waffles, and syrup. Ty, that sounds like a winning combination for a good college breakfast. I was going to say, did you partake in the pregame meal by chance? I stole, I, a li- I stole a little bacon. Just I shouldn't little. say I stole. I'm always welcome to eat the pregame meal. I stole a little bacon. The eggs felt like they were powdered eggs, so I don't get into that. Uh, so I just went with uh, I went with bacon. I'd gotten a couple of uh, Chick-fil-A chick, uh, chick, chicken minis and, uh, oh. and kind of put the bacon inside that with some honey. Does that pass the... The Ty Richardson fast food test. Yeah, now my mouth is watering because you're you're talking about all, all this food. Even though I had a bowl of spaghetti at like nine thirty this morning, so but yeah, that's uh, that's quite a breakfast for you, Phil. Some uh, Arkansas news before we go into the break. By the way, we've got Bubba Carpenter coming up here into the radio booth for the Super Cuts Baseball Spotlight, which gives us uh, it's it's like giving us uh, giving our listeners a little extra taste of Bubba and myself before you get a full four or five hours of. Me and Bubba pretty much picking at each other uh, in this uh, booth on the baseball broadcast. But some other news involving Arkansas football, uh, where defensive back Chevin Calloway has announced he is transferring to Southern Methodist University. So uh, going the reverse Chad Boris route from Arkansas to SMU. Also, uh, there is a four-star defensive end who is visiting Arkansas this weekend. He is from Texas. It is Vernon Broughton. Uh, he's got Arkansas amongst his top six. He is a four-star defensive end uh, out of Cypress Ridge High School in Houston. 6'6", 285 pounds. And I am, uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to bring him to the baseball game. I'd imagine if you come in here for a weekend visit, NCAA regional weekend, come out and show him what it's like. I think you were speaking to that earlier this week, just kind of the atmosphere that the baseball games provide. You think about, because we know football is keen and if i'm a kid and if i've seen these fans pack out come two three days or not days day early before the game i'm like man they put this much effort and intensity into baseball imagine what they'll do if arkansas actually has a good football team so i think that bringing a kid to a baseball game can only help never hurt when it comes to recruiting up here so what did i see this here as far as uh, this arkansas is a 13 point underdog against auburn the game isn't even isn't even going to be played for a few months where's this line you've you've, you've attached a barrett salee tweet to this 
want to say it's Golden Nugget is the uh, the site to it. But yeah, this is the only game that Arkansas that I've seen and that John has seen that's been that's been cataloged and, and put in Vegas. And Arkansas's thirteen point dogs at home against Auburn. I'm curious to see how that line shakes up once you get closer to game time. You got to remember last year that like just the the lines that Arkansas was getting, it was just embarrassing. But Hopefully the lines won't be indicative of what actually happens this season because if you're losing by Auburn but 13-plus and other games, I think it's going to be another long season for the Ragebacks, Phil. That is the best home game of the year, isn't it, as far as fan interest is concerned? You get yeah. The only two home games you get involving SEC teams this year are Auburn on the 19th of October and Mississippi State on the 2nd of November. Uh, otherwise, you know, you got Missouri, but that's in Little Rock. And... Uh, and the four non-conference games. Auburn's the best home game of the year, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that has to have the most storylines with Gus Malzahn being on the hop seat. I think with Malik Willis transferring, you got Bo Nix as their starting quarterback who's going to be the eventual starter for Auburn football. So you kind of got a quarterback in place. We'll see how he turns out this upcoming season. There's a lot of storylines always when Gus Malzahn comes back into town. And with Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons, Nick Fitzgerald, and others, entering the NFL draft from Mississippi State. They just don't have the same star power to compete with Auburn. So I, I think it has to be Auburn is the most uh, most looked at and most coveted game of this upcoming season here at home. Jeff's Clubhouse has the best brunch in town every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., bottomless mimosas, an endless buffet, and so much more. 2801 Old Greenwood Road in Fort Smith. More Halftime Pod coming at you. Bubba, I mean, we've seen this field lined the way that it is lined uh, many times before, uh, but it's pretty rare when you got bunting on uh, the uh, second deck. Uh, you got there, There's a sense of anticipation and pomp and circumstance today. Absolutely. When you pull up, you know, I came in a little after 10, and there's already people lined up. You see the, the bunting. I didn't know that's what it was called, but that's a good word. Um, yeah, you, it's just for a you should just feel. be called slugging, not bunting. <laughs> but you know what? It's just a different feel, Phil. You know, driving to the ballpark today, it felt it, it almost feels like opening day again. It's an it's just an awesome feeling. You get those little butterflies in your stomach, and you just got to love it. Yeah, I, I've got the butterflies too. But is, do you, is there reason to have butterflies in this matchup today? I think there's reason tomorrow against either TCU or Cal because I think either one of those teams has something about them that could surprise Arkansas, whether it's TCU starting pitching or Cal's lineup. I don't get that sense today from Central Connecticut. You know, and I hate to say that. They're a, they're a college team. They're in an NCAA regional. But when you look at their numbers, I know the game's got to be played. And I always say, hey, anybody can beat anybody on any given day. But I would have to – I feel like we've really got to go out and just lay an absolute egg to, to not win this game. If we go out and just – do what we do it's i mean there's we're, we're in good shape i guess you can say this is a really good matchup for us i love the fact that you know everyone was saying early in the week that we're going to pitch isaiah because it's his regular schedule but i mean dave van horn once again the the perfect decision going with connor nolan against these guys and saving isaiah for tomorrow night talking with bubba carpenter color analyst for razorback baseball here on halftime bubba phil and i were getting into this a little bit in the first segment i don't know if Apathy the right is the right word with fans setting in because of the success that they're having under Dave Van Horn. But I've talked to several people that told me that they're not going on the re- to the regional based on the fact that they just assume this team's going to get out and go to the regional and get to a super regional. Do you think this team is taking for granted, or it's not this team, 
the fan base is taking for granted the success that Arkansas baseball had, has had under Dave Van Horn. You know what, I, Ty, I think so because, you know, everyone's saying, well, we're not going to go to the game today. We're going to, you know, we're, we're going to go tomorrow night or, you know, we'll catch them next week. And you look at the teams, some people said this is one of the easier matchups regional for us to get through but i don't think so i look at i look at cal hey cal's got some they've got some they've got some players they've got some guys offensively that can swing it they got some guys with speed they got some good arms but i will tell you the team believe it or not that scares me the most is tcu they've got two really good lefties if they decide to pitch off tomorrow night and don't throw or tonight and don't throw ladola and they win against cal and we face ladola tomorrow night we could find ourselves in the losers bracket in a hurry i mean it's you know it's you can't take this for granted um and I, I will say tcu i know this is kind of a long answer to your question tcu as a team didn't think they'd be here so they got nothing to lose you know it's no big deal for them to pitch off tonight and try to win with their second pitcher but a team that has nothing to lose in, in college baseball is a scary team because they're coming in here just just balls of the wall and, and anything can happen but you played with this team obviously under uh, like back in the day and i'm, I'm curious under dave van horn you have the transition from norm Bryan to him when do you think the moment that baseball really took owner or took ownership under him? A lot of people point to the Brady Tubes Grand Slam back at the regional. Is there a moment or is there a series that you think really took off for Dave Van Horn in this Arkansas baseball program? You know, a lot of people talk about the Brady Tubes home run. That's where just all of a sudden Razorback baseball blew up. But if you think about it, when Brady hit that home run, the place was already packed that night. You know, so I think it started before that. I think just when Van Horn came in, all the excitement of the additions to Baumwalker, um, you know, just everything that he did gradually over the years has just made Razorback baseball blow up. And our success, it's not, you know, this isn't just a baseball team. This is a baseball program. And year in and year out, we're kind of like a, you know, I, I guess I can say we're like an Alabama, you know, in football. Every year we just reload every year. And, and it's a beautiful thing. And you see what they've got coming in in the future. You know, it, it just keeps getting better. There's a dividend for playing at home. For any team in in the NCAA baseball tournament, but I feel like there's more of a dividend when you're an SEC team and when you're Arkansas and you're playing teams that just aren't used to playing in front of crowds like this. Now, I mean, Cal went and played three at, at LSU, but that's just three games, and they lost two of them. Central Connecticut has never played in front of a crowd like this. TCU gets fans. I mean, they get good fan support, but they don't get ten thousand a game. Why is there a dividend that's so heavy for Arkansas these last two years playing in home games? What is it about this ballpark? You know, our these guys feed off of the crowd. You know, I know we've had teams in the past that didn't play well at home, and I know Van Horn alluded to it. There were teams that played better on the road. Last year's team and this year's team, they play better at home. They get these, they feed off the Baumwalker crowd, and it's awesome. And I tell you what, hitting our hitters step up to the plate with a different mindset here at home. There's something about it. Connor Nolan steps on the mound; he just looks different on our mound. There's just something about it. a lot of it. You know, baseball they say it's 90% mental. That's a huge part of it. When they step out, they almost feel like they're invincible here at Baumwalker. And for teams coming in, they know our record. Um, what are we? 90 and 7. I think I heard the last three years at Baumwalker. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's ridiculous. Teams know that coming in, and it's not a fun place for them to come and play. So what 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 worries you right now, if anything, about this team? Because I, I, honestly, the lineup isn't isn't something that I'm I'm particularly worried about coming into this game today. 
one issue has been holding leads, you know, late leads. And I know sooner or later you're going to have to hold a one-run lead in in a postseason game. And they've given up these one-run leads uh, three times in the last seven games. That's worried me a little bit. What about you? You know, you and I talked a lot in Hoover about it. I know you were, you know, we, we talked about the late-run leads we've given up. I think it's different, though, Phil, when, when postseason hits. I think there's just a little bit extra adrenaline when you step out on the mound or when you step up to the plate. I think my, my one worry going into this regional is if TCU pitches off tonight and they save Ladola. Um, and possibly Cal pitches off and saves Horn. You know, they both have two pretty good number two starters but if they pitch off against each other and, and we end up facing that number one especially a Ladola who's probably going to be the number one pitcher taken in the draft we've seen some really good pitchers in the SEC he's probably going to be the be- the first pitcher taken in the draft this year um, that worries me that we face him tomorrow night um, lineup wise eh, you know I want to see consistency up and down the lineup well okay so you want to see consistency through the lineup and I think that it's imperative to get out to a lead today and, and let Connor Nolan do his thing and, and stretch him out maybe longer than he's gone for most of the season. Because if you have a comfortable lead, you don't have to use any of your top relievers. And that's where it can put you in a real, in the driver's seat, so to speak, for the Saturday game. If you don't have to use Cody Scroggins or Costi Shock or Matt Cronin at the top of the list. So I think giving Nolan a buffer early and letting him go three times through the batting order, I think, is important today. I think so, absolutely. Instead of just going, you know, two innings, you, you're seeing 18 batters. I think if we can stretch him out and get two extra innings out of him and we get a big lead where we can bring in a Vermillion, you know, bring in, you know, even a, a Elijah Tress, someone like that to throw a couple innings and save our guys for tomorrow night, I think that'd be huge, Phil. Um, and, I, and I see that happening. Yeah, I think they're going to. I think they're going to get out and score early today. Remember last year against Oral Roberts, it happened in that Friday game, and they just got out and started pounding it. And it was it was a party by the time he got into the third inning. Absolutely, Bubba. Let's keep the pitching conversation going. Matt Cronin, you guys were talking about his curveball in the first game against Ole Miss in the SEC tournament. Both of you kind of echoed the same theme that that was the best breaking ball that you had seen from him all year. How important is it for him to use his other arsenal pitches in the postseason when he's trying to close out games? I think it's huge. I tell you what, I look at it from a hitting perspective. I don't care how fast your fastball is, how good. They say it's the number one. Matt Cronin's fastball has been called the best pitch in college baseball. I don't care how good it is. You get a guy like Andrew Vaughn up there to the plate, the Cal first baseman. If he knows there's a 99% chance there's a fastball coming, he's going to hit it. And I think I think Matt's just got to mix in some breaking balls. And it doesn't even have to be a strike. Just mix it in. Plant it in that hitter's head to, hey, I've got a nasty breaking ball and I'm not afraid to throw it here. I think that'll go. That'll that'll do wonders for Matt because right now, you saw it against uh, uh, oh, uh, the leadoff guy for uh, Ole Miss. Yeah, Dillard. Yeah, Dillard. He went up there looking first pitch fastball in that game, got a fastball down in the zone and drove it out in the left field. And, you know, if a good hitter knows it's coming, it's going to get hit. And I think he was talking with Kyle Peterson and Tom Hart after the game, and he said, yeah, that's the best pitch in baseball, exactly like you're saying. One of the questions I have for you, Bubba, is uh, as a guy that's played baseball throughout his life, when college you get home field advantage if you're a good baseball team moving on through postseason up to Omaha. And this, you might answer this selfishly, and that's okay. 
You don't get that in college football. You don't get that in college basketball unless you're in the NIT, which it's the nobody's invested tournament. Would you like to see home field postseason games be both played in college football and college basketball? Or you just you just want it for baseball? Well, I can speak more on the baseball side. I, you know, I, I think it would be good in football, I guess, as well. Um, but I know in, in baseball, it's just it's huge to have the home field advantage just because of the crowd situation, you know. And, and this is the friendly atmosphere. You know, stepping – I know for me, stepping into my home batter's box, I always felt better when you step into your home batters. There's just something about it. Like I said, baseball is a mental game. I think it's more it's a more mental game than any other sport out there. And so for me, I, I think it's more important in baseball. You know, for for whether you're a hitter, a pitcher, a fielder, like Casey Martin at shortstop, he knows the way this surface plays. So he knows he knows where he's going to get the hops. He knows how much water they're going to put on the field. I mean, all those things play a role in it when you're at home in baseball. It's 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 a comfort level thing, Ty, and I think that's what what what, what Bubba is touching on. I mean, you are always going to be more comfortable in your home batter's box with the batters out that you've been seeing most of your pitches in front of and knowing the field better than the opponent does. So that leads to the idea of you need things, Bumper, to make you comfortable for a radio broadcast. I mean, this is a superstitious guy when it comes to getting sent for radio. He's got his Red Bull. He's got his Mountain Dew. He's got his, uh, his uh, Razorback socks uh, uh, nailed to the wall. He's got his Norm DeBrien jersey <laughs> nailed to the wall as well. Do you have everything here that makes you comfortable, Bubba? Do you think you're ready? Do you need a little time? Hey, I got my game face on this morning, Phil. I'm ready to go. Isn't that pathetic? And you think that's bad? You should have seen me when I played. Oh, my God. Oh, Was had... there enough room in your locker for all oh, of this stuff? I had so much stuff. We, we, it would take a couple of shows to talk about all of it. Bubba, he's not a fan of superstitions. He doesn't really believe in that. But I will say this. Phil's first year on the broadcast, they go to the College World Series. Your first year during color commentating, they go to the College World Series finals. So maybe there's something to that. Maybe Phil doesn't want to believe it, but maybe there's something there. I think there's something there, Ty. I tell you what, there's uh, it's one of those things. If you believe in it, it works. When you quit believing, it's time to go do something else. You sticking around for the second game today because I, I mean I want to see these two teams later on tonight TCU and Cal, uh, especially if either one of them is pitching their ace. Yeah, I want to watch BP because there's a couple of hitters I want to look at, um, and then stick around and watch the first few innings before we have to go on the the TV thing. All so, right, well, looking but, forward to it. Yeah, we've got a TV thing at like seven twenty. We've got a radio thing coming up at twelve thirty. It's called the IMG pregame show. And Bubba, my man, I'll talk to you then. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Go Hogs. You got it. That's Bubba Carpenter joining us here on the Supercuts Baseball Spotlight. You're listening to the Halftime Podcast, presented by Jeff's Clubhouse. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com.